This is episode 241 of the 200 Churches Podcast. I think it's important to stay fresh. I'm in my mid-50s, well, moving out of my mid-50s into my later 50s, and when that happens, I think it's very important, the older you get, to continue doing something fresh. And sometimes our ministry setting doesn't change very much. Sure. And we need to try other things to continue to keep that that thing fresh, keeping outside interests, learning new things, staying on top of things. I think that's really important. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry, the Aristotle and Plato of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Johnny Craig, and I'm sitting in my brand new, opulent, and luxurious podcast studio. And I'm sitting, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here with Jeff Katie. I'm on the other end now, Johnny. I'm all disgruntled. <laughs> I'm man, on the outside looking in. The man who cares so deeply about sound <laughs> quality. Sounds terrible today. Terrible. I'm on the outside looking man that's okay i'll hold up my end you know what tomorrow i'm gonna have my my new pastor suzanne in this office and we're doing an interview it'll probably air next week and uh i'm excited to be back recording in the flesh with somebody it's been too long man am i part of that or i'm on the outside of that too aren't i i mean technically no you're not part of that (laughs) (laughs) i see how it is i see how it is i drop off a little of equipment to you and now you change all the passwords on our website, and now you're taking over. Well, look, I don't know what to say, Jeff. I'm feeling empowered by having all of this in my office. I, I feel like I'm the man all of a sudden. This is good, though. I want you to be the man. Ah, uh, yeah, is... yeah. This episode, <laughs> Jeff would like you to know, was edited by Johnny. So if it's terrible, you can Oh, it's, it's going to be great. I've been editing my wife's podcast now for a couple months. Almost a year, actually. So I have a lot oh, yeah. of experience now. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Yeah, I know my way around an Audacity file. So this episode, ironically, this week is doesn't include me. Next week won't include me. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just like, uh, I'm just sound candy. This is the 200 Churches podcast featuring Johnny, who uh, is in the trenches of smallish church ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've got to get that changed. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we're we're not really. We're we're in the trenches, cheerleading, and Absolutely. you know, and everything else. And I'm looking forward to get to know the the pastors and the churches around me in the new place I'm going you in know, about three days. That's a cool thing to hear because I was just this morning thinking there is a church, and I can see it from my window. I mean, it's across the street. I I am looking at it right now. Okay, and. I don't know anybody over there at all. And I feel like that's bad on my part. I need to go over there and introduce myself and say hi and things like that. Oh, it's not a small church, but yeah, that's important stuff. It's important stuff. As you're talking about this, we got an email from this guy, Marty Troyer. And uh, Marty's a, a Mennonite pastor and recent comer on to the podcast. But he said he's so happy for us and our transitions, but also glad that we're going to continue to talk specifically about small church ministry, which I appreciated. And Marty, if you're listening, we love you. You're in Houston, man. So we, our hearts are going out to you and your city right now, and we hope you're doing well, but we appreciate your email. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure Marty's not a troll because uh, (laughs) I'm not sure that's even his real name, 
because I looked him up and I couldn't find him. So I don't know, Marty. I don't know. Usually, I mean, usually the way we find out is that we get something special in the mail from a, a special listener like that, like your <laughs> card or, you know, things like that, which would be, you know, I mean, that just shows authenticity. You think Marty's catfishing us? He's, <laughs> exactly. he's catfishing us, yeah. He might be. That's a good point. So today, like you said, you were not here for this recording. This is actually a recording I did in June or July. I was pretty fresh to Des Moines. And friend of the show, David Householder, who was a guest once upon a time, was actually up in this area making a visit. And so I actually sat down with him and we talked, small churches, we talked about contentment, contentment without complacency and it's a it's a great conversation jeff and you and the reason david was here is that he was at his brother mike's lutheran church in des moines of which my son and daughter-in-law are also attenders well they're kind of attenders yeah much like i mean it's just it's like you're an attender of what do you call that other building that you guys meredith drive yeah meredith drive Yeah. yeah so they go to a campus in their town and Mike is the pastor of Lutheran Church of Hope, which, which is a modest-sized church of probably up over 10,000. And it's a, it's a wonderful place. They are very generous with their facilities, and uh, as a church, they're very generous. And I was grateful that we had the opportunity to be there and record. And there was a certain happy irony to recording a small church pastor podcast in the office of this man who is basically a friend of bill hybels right like <laughs> it's like yeah. there's something yeah. incredible about it i think i like that too because uh david is a listener and he i forget which episode he was on johnny but we talked about the desert pastor and how on the weekends he'll go out to the desert with his wife and they'll spend their day off there and this is like i said this is his brother mike who is there in des moines and and the fact that that my son's connected in some way to his church, and and I think at times he's been to the Ankeny campus and spoken there. I'm sure. And uh, my son Doug really enjoys the church. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, we talk more about the desert cottage in this episode, so um, I think you'll enjoy it. This is contentment without complacency, and this was my conversation with David, and at some points his wife Wendy. Well, I'm here without Jeff, thank goodness, with David Householder. Now, David, you've been a guest before on the podcast, right? Yes, I have, and we have crashed my brother's office. We have. Now, your brother is unique for a lot of reasons. Um, He likes the Bears, for example. His name is Mike. That's another way that he is unique. What is another, maybe, fact about your brother that that would be interesting to a listener. Well, let's just say that he's not the target audience for the (laughs) 200 Churches (laughs) podcast. He's not the target, yeah. No, he has that many people in his nursery. I think on his staff he might have 200 people, if I'm thinking about it correctly, yeah. But if he's the pastor to his staff... Mike, if you're listening, you're welcome here, okay? It is his office. This is your office that we're recording in. We didn't ask. We just came in. He'll probably crash here in a minute, and it'll be very awkward. But, yeah, so we're here, David, with your beautiful wife, Wendy. Thank you. Who is an oftentimes listener of the podcast. You force her to listen to it. We listen every week. There you go. See, I like that. That's high praise. And your mother, Delphine. Now, she didn't want to say too much. But I will say it's been a pleasure just in the couple minutes I've gotten to know her. And she uh, she had three sons, 
She All did. All of you guys turned out to be pastors. We did. My dad was a great example. Just to come up on Father's Day. Yeah. And not so much by telling us what to do, but by bringing us along with a lot of his ministry stuff. It was one of those things we were very familiar with. By the time we were 20, I went to dozens of hospital visits. Yeah. I occasionally was dressed up by my mother to go to weddings when nobody would show up. There you go. There you go. The, the real life of ministry right yeah, there. Yeah, my dad was a pastor. He had a uh, real heart for evangelism. Neat guy. He passed away 14 years ago, 15? 13. 13 years ago. Okay. Well, he left a legacy, I think, and it's been fun walking around this church campus <laughs> with you guys and listening to some of these stories and things like that. So we're at the end of summer. Summer has passed, and uh, we're here recording now what month is it now june but people won't hear this until august or september what's going on at your church right now give us an update from the last time you were on our church is pretty exciting right now we are looking to develop some property with a developer because in california you can't really afford property sure (laughs) uh, we had a little warehouse once that we were paying fourteen thousand dollars a month in a little church it was a lot of money And so we've been sort of uh, homeless for a long time. We're meeting in a school right now. It's going really well. It's okay. our fourth venue. But that's typical of small churches in California. Sure. A lot of our churches are multicultural, smaller, renting space, doing all kinds of things. It's really fun. But uh, we have a developer who is a new believer as of the last two, three years. He's actually Middle Eastern background. That's cool. And he's a big and uh, big high-end um, Developer, and he would like to put together what he calls big five communities with preschools, charter schools, senior housing, and full care nursing in a U shape on 10 acres with churches in the middle. Oh, wow. And wants that church then service the community because it's really hard to to market to people in California. They're over-marketed to start with. So it costs us about $1,100 for each visitor in marketing. To, it's just not cost effective. Yeah, right. For sure. So we're looking at different ways to do evangelism. So we're thinking about that. We've got five sites we're looking at. We're now, I'm, I'm hearing you, and I'm thinking about something I never would have thought before, which is how having someone of faith in a profession like being a, a real estate developer makes an impact, right, yeah. for the kingdom of God in a way that I wouldn't have imagined. It's his idea. Yeah. I, I was just having a conversation with my wife last night. This is not our topic, but who knows? Uh, it's just going to become that. Exactly. With my wife last night, and I said, she said there was somebody on a Facebook page, like a, for like the whole city of Des Moines, right? That's like 500,000 people or whatever. And the, the woman said, you know, I, I just went through a divorce. I'm having a hard time. I'm looking for a church. Does anybody have any recommendations? And as soon as my wife told me that, I thought, oh, oh no. Because this woman's about to just get a deluge of churches. She's mm-hmm. not even going to have any way to sort through these, right? I mm-hmm. mean, what is she going to do with that? And I said to Kayla, if I was, if I could tell her something, I would tell her, go to the church around the corner from your house. Right? Because God is at the church around the corner from your house. And, and you know, that's, uh, that's just a thought that we've moved away from, I think. Um, with cars and driving and everything else. And, you know, I'm, I'm at a church out in the suburbs now and people drive out there and that's great. But first try the church around the corner and well, uh that the was lord the advice. lord only has one bride 
to it eats in a lot of places. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's cool to build a, a community like that and give it a church. Most yeah. people aren't thinking. Most well, developers are not thinking this, about this, church. This guy's, community. Yeah. this guy's interesting. He says, yeah, you guys are doing good work in, in your churches, but your business plan's off. He says you'll never, with $1,100 <laughs> sure. with, with $1, per visitor, which is what it costs, to yeah. get a visitor who actually writes and signs in, gives us some contact information, we've actually figured it out. It's about, in our area, it's about $1,100 a visitor. something. Man. We may as well go around and just hand out $100 bills and see what shows up. <laughs> that might be more effective, It actually. might be. Yeah, and he said, hey, uh, we got to try different ways of doing it. He says, and yeah. this might not work, but what we're doing isn't working. Right. Well, so let's try some why don't we try some new things? Yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that a lot. David, with your, how many years of ministry experience now? Coming up on 30. 30 years of ministry experience. You've done a lot, right? You've done Alpha stuff. You've been a pastor, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly, in Minnesota. Big churches, California. small churches, all over the place. Have all been in this place. one for 11 years. Okay. How have you grown to be content as a pastor, right? Content with the people that God has put in front of you, content with the church that God has given you, the ministry that you've been given. And then, the, you know, the tie-in that we're going to be talking about is how do you stop from slipping into complacency? But first, how, how have you learned contentment? I mean, you read Paul, obviously, and then maybe you just you were content. Good for you. The minute I wrote that Bible verse, it changed my life. That's I what just, I'm saying. I was yeah. instantly content. <laughs> I do think that to maintain a sense of urgency and to be content is really hard. Yeah, for sure. And it gets harder the longer you're in ministry. You can either become fine wine or you can become vinegar. And a mm. lot of pastors retire and don't tell anybody because they they <laughs> yeah, just keep true. going and uh, hope to get their pension at some point. But yeah. you can tell when they die by what books they have in their office. Hmm. And that's not good. You have to continue to keep fresh. I had a, a summary professor say once... Uh, You've seen these fir trees in Washington. There's a there's a light green edge on the outside, and that's the growing edge. And you have to continue to maintain a growing edge and continue to stay fresh. And that takes intentionality as you get older. It, does, it doesn't just happen. So, do you have? Well, you go to the desert, right, with Wendy. Mm -hmm. It's so nice to have Wendy here, right? Wow. She we're, does exist. She exactly. We're always talking about people's spouses, and it's like we're having a hard time seeing you in bodily form and in incarnation. Yeah, exactly you're, you're this disembodied voice. This, exactly. My hair is not quite as glorious as it used to you're be. You're way better otherwise. looking than we thought. Though, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my summer tan is coming in. You know, I like to wear the, these colors, and it makes it look good. So, uh, but. You, t you know, you, you go out to the desert. That's a practice, right? Every that, Friday. You know, is that helping you out? What other practices? That has been huge. Maybe Wendy could speak to that, how that's changed things, yeah, being, be being in the desert and, and how well, that's helped. Yeah, because probably I'd say at least 25 years, David maybe took one day off a month. Oh, wow. Maybe. Probably not. You seem so relaxed. Because, because of the... This is because. This is now she's going to the story. All right. <laughs> yes. A few years ago, we started camping together. And then, um, long story short, we found this little town in the, the low desert, Borrego Springs, in the Anza Borrego Desert, okay. and we found a little vintage trailer park and fell in love with the place. And David talked me into buying a little trailer there and going there every single week. The desert cottage. Mm -hmm. yes. Pretty much, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's like a, a tiny house, but it's a 1958 trailer with tail, right. tail fence. <laughs> it's 300 square feet. And we absolutely love it. We fix it up. We go on lots and lots of hikes. We do a lot of swimming. We read. He catches up on all the sleep that he's missing during the week. Because, you know, when you take that kind of time off, you have to cram everything else into four days. Yeah, right. Right? Sure. So he sleep just falls by the wayside. He just <laughs> does it all in four days. 
So by the time he gets out there, he is completely trashed. And he gets his rest out there. Every weekend. Uh-huh. And, and so, re- so re- yeah, the reception's terrible. So, <laughs> terrible, so, so nobody can call. No choice. No, nobody can call. And um, it's a really wonderful place to hear from God. Because it's a, That's cool. one of the few places that is truly quiet still. That's awesome. And peaceful. So... It's been excellent. And well, I've Sabbath seen keeping. David change into a whole different Sabbath keeping is, is awesome. made God's top ten list for a reason. And a lot of things we fight over aren't on the top ten list. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you see that and you think, wow, yeah, we got to pay attention to this. That's a big one. Yeah. But I do think that contentment also has to do with being happy where you are. I think that in America we have a competitive society and it's always, you should be doing something different. You should be doing better, more, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the truth is, often better and more comes to you if you are content. If, unless yeah. you're happy with where you are, God may not give you what's coming. There, there needs to be a sense of groundedness yeah. to, for God to do big things in our lives, I think. It's really important. When I was thinking about transitioning out of, you know, working there in Orange City with Jeff, there was moments where I was what I would call pressing, right? Where I was saying... I, I want to go to the next thing now, right, today. And then you're doing a web search for jobs, you know, in Timbuktu and everywhere else, and you're trying to convince yourself that, yeah, sure, maybe God is leading me to be the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the worship pastor, though I have no skills, in, you know, Madagascar. He could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I had to sit back, right, and say, no, no, no. God's given me a work to do here, right? God has given me people, a ministry, really a, a beautiful ministry, a mentor, and to take advantage of the things that I had and wait on God's timing. That is so important. Okay, we can yeah. get into striving mode, mm. and then we get all, our RPMs get all fired up, and we miss opportunities. Yeah. I've noticed that since we've slowed down, I've had more and more big opportunities coming my way. Mm-hmm. And without much of my pushing at all. That's very but you're cool. learning to be very selective as well. True. Not to take on absolutely everything. But I'm taking a business trip the really through the Midwest important. right now with hitting yeah. all of these big opportunities of would have never been there had I not slowed down to pay attention to them coming. So true. So I think that's really key. I think the relational thing is also key. We, okay. There's a task orientation in a lot of the pastoral literature and a lot of conferences we go to. If you just do this, this, and this, and if you just kind of yes. modif- uh, modify what you're doing and model yourself after fill in the blank, <laughs> then it's going to show up. If you if you wear the tennis shoes that this pastor wears, <laughs> if you do this, it's going to happen. And the truth is, those people didn't get there by doing those things. They right. didn't get there by doing derivative things. They were doing something primary, and something took off. Yeah. And you really can't imitate those things. You can only do what you're doing. I had a coach in college, a football coach, Frosty Westering, and he always said, make the big time where you are. Because right. we were Division three football. We had grandparents and girlfriends in the stands. That's it. <laughs> sure. You uh, get your own ride to the game, even if it's an away game, and right. you wash your own uniform. It's not very impressive. And so we were pretty depressed sometimes. He'd say to us, you're small, but you're slow. You know, that kind of thing. And so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> But he was very inspirational. And he has more. He's in the top ten of winning coaches in American college history. Oh, wow. Never left Division three. That's wild. And there's something to that, to really be. Because he made the big time where he was. Yeah. Yeah. And he modeled that. He wasn't just saying it. Right. He was modeling it. And we always would go maybe one or two losses a year. And we'd, we'd beat up on teams way better than us. Yeah. There was something about that. And so there's, there's something important about 
letting your people know that you're there for them. I we get frustrated when people aren't there for us and they're not committed. But then right. if we're not committed to them, mm-hmm. absolutely. Why why should <laughs> why should they be committed to our ministry? I like that. Where you go, make it the big. Am I saying it right? Make the big time where you are. Make the big time where you are. I've I've unfortunately been walking around with the motto of where I go, the big time follows. So I need to. <laughs> your way is better. Your way is better, I think. I gotta work on Simpler that. English, for sure. <laughs> I flipped it, and it's not as good. So, all right. So, what about complacency, right? You've been 11 years in your church. Yep. Um, oh, you easy. spiked to 10,000 members. Oh, sure. Yeah, divided by 10,000. It's a <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah. so you've been there 11 years. If you're like most of our listeners, right, you're in, you're in this ministry and you're working hard and you're seeing fruit, right? You're seeing lives changed. You're seeing uh, people growing in their relationships with Jesus Christ. You're seeing even uh, maybe even miracles happening that people can't really understand or imagine. But what you're not seeing is maybe what your brother's seeing here, right? Which is oh, it could huge be more, numeric- could not be more different. Right. And so pastors can feel like, well, then this is it. And then they get complacent, I would say, where you're just punching the clock. You know what I'm saying? Like doing this whole thing. How do you know, what do you use to fight against that as you're 11 years in? Well, I don't know what thing? to tell pastors who've never been in a setting like this. I've actually ministered in settings like this. So like this, we're talking about this where yeah, we are right by now, this large size. church yeah, settings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in a big church in Minnesota, and by choice, I prefer small churches. I have nothing against big churches. Right. I just prefer small ones because I like the relational connection with sure. people, and that's grown over the years. Yeah, There's something about uh, people knowing that you're connected to them, you know... What's happened? I get very excited about adult baptisms. We do them every August, and I'm working with some young people right now who are coming to faith. And they're sort of in the diamond lane, yeah. If, if that's a saying, <laughs> in a rural <laughs> sure, area, no, I know what you mean. And it's fun to it's fun to see that, yeah. yeah. And I can pay attention to them, and I can know what their their pets' names are and the whole thing, right? And exactly. there's something kind of fun about that, yeah. Especially when you get older, you're not in a hurry. So you're appreciating where you're at, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a big piece oh, yeah. of this. You have to it's just appreciate it. Now you should have had. Poor Delphine here. Okay. Have her plug her ears if you're going to talk about adult baptism. All right? There's Lutheran sensibilities at play here. Well, in California, there's no such thing as infant baptism. Is that so? Nobody does it. Oh, really? I think I've been asked to do two in the 15 years that I've been there. Yeah, I've heard that about the Reformed Church, which is what I'm part of now, on the West Coast. Nobody's interested. That's wild, right? Yeah. Very interesting. So, Delphine, I'm assuming you're Lutheran from way back. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Don't besmirch the infant but, baptism. <laughs> but I'm willing to change. She's. I love contemporary. Yeah. She is a rare diamond. I, I love guess so. contemporary yes. worship. That's awesome. That's Even very cool. Even though I was ingrained in, in the old church. The old church. Mm-hmm. You got a family here, man. Yeah, we do. That's quite the thing. Family's I good stuff. It. <laughs> I love it. So, appreciating where you're at. Right. The other thing is is the I would really encourage bivocational ministry not just as a survival technique, but mm. as a way to keep something fresh going on. Okay. I think it's important to stay fresh. I, I'm in my mid fifties. Well, moving out of my mid fifties into my later fifties, and <laughs> when that happens, I think it's very important the older you get to continue doing something fresh. And sometimes our ministry setting doesn't change very much. Sure. And we need to try other things to continue to keep that that thing fresh, keeping outside interests, learning okay. new things, staying on top of things. I think yeah. that's really important. And the other thing I wrote down just getting ready for this, this talk is avoiding the sense of ought to. And hmm. especially as you get older, I ran into a fascinating fact getting ready for a sermon last week with my men's group 
that ought and o are in o w e are in the same. It's the same verb. That's it's just a different form of the same verb in the sense sure. that we owe something. Uh, if Christ really paid everything, we don't owe anything to anybody. We do things out of goodness and response yeah. to God's grace. And the idea that we ought to be doing something discourages us. It wears us down. Yeah. The, to That sense of ought, mm-hmm. if it's always hanging there, I ought to be doing something more. I ought to be well, doing especially this. Especially in the context of a small church. Yeah, I ought to be fill in the blank. And the joy disappears. The joy disappears. And next thing you know, you're not having fun doing it. And yeah. there's no energy in it. And that can happen really quickly. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that described as don't should yourself. Yeah, oh, same I like thing. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. I one. hope everyone heard me clearly. Should. Should. Don't should yourself. S H O U L D. This is the pastor's office, David. That's right. We that's should be demure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well. That's really good. Like <laughs> that's, so don't ought don't don't get into the oughts, right? Appreciate where you're at. You had one just before that though that I was going to say something about. Relationships? Outside interests. Outside wow. interests. This is where we love telling people to go back to school. Now, we know that's not always a financial option for people. It's not always, you know, I have four kids, right? So I'm not going back to school anytime soon. So it's not always something that somebody can do easily. But we do tell people, you know, keep getting educated. You know, we hope this podcast can help with that, right? We hope that we can be a place where you're growing and learning and staying on top of things. Um, but outside interest, I think, is great. If well, it makes money, even, well, even better, is, right? <laughs> when you get older, you're, you've kind of learned your craft in the ministry, and hmm. you get into patterns. Yeah. And you kind of know a lot. It's hard to learn big new things. I remember when I was first a pastor, I go to these conferences get my mind blown. Yeah. And now I just go to the first few minutes of a talk, go out and look for people to go out for pizza. It's because you've heard all this stuff. Sure. And so <laughs> you, sometimes you have to go outside of the church to find new things. Yeah. Are you saying you won't be here in October to hear my workshop? Talk we'll we'll be church. here in I mean, spirit. <laughs> it was going to blow your mind, David. You don't even know. <laughs> well, if you record it, we'll listen. There, I'm sure. I'm sure we can find a way to record it. That's <laughs> great. So contentment without complacency. And, uh, and I think every pastor listening here understands this battle you know every pastor listening no matter what denominational background you come from no matter what size you know we got churches of you know bible guys with 15 people in their house and we got you know 1500 people you know pastors listening and things like that so no matter what size those are things you need to be paying attention to very practical david i like that well it's helpful you got to find out what works Uh, another thing which really hit me was dallas willard's idea of ruthlessly eliminating hurry from your life Ooh. And slowing down. Okay. Uh, d- d- just getting things done right the first time, taking your time, taking your time with people, taking your time with your tasks. And I'm finding that the more I do that, the more I sense the Holy Spirit's presence. That's I, really there's, interesting. If you're accelerating all the time, hurrying is a very non-productive mode of being. Right, right. We have to do it sometimes. There are, ti- there are times during the year where it's finals week. Yeah. It just is, but you can't do finals week all the time. That's that ought idea. We ought to be right. we ought to be cranking this up. If we just went faster, things would happen. It's probably not true in ministry. I'm finding right now in my first couple of weeks here in this new ministry, Suzanne, my pastor, is intentionally keeping things off of my plate, mm-hmm. and so the things that I'm doing, she's asking me to do with a lot of intentionality and not hurry. Right? I don't have to hurry from meeting to meeting to meeting, or from task to task to task. She's keeping it simple. So that the time I'm spending getting to know people, which is primarily what I'm doing, is real time spent, right? Mm-hmm. I'm listening and learning and growing. She's a lot smarter than me, right? I figure I'll walk in, just give me all the work on day one, 
and I'll just do great. <laughs> but she's she's a lot uh, more forward facing than I am, so that's been really great. Yeah, I love that. I love that, David, and I love that you're in Iowa. That we could do this face to face on a beautiful day. I Vis- love that Jeff's not screwing this up right now. <laughs> I got to visit mom, and I got to watch yeah, Jeopardy yeah. before coming over there here. There you go. Oh, yeah. All right. What was the final Jeopardy question? Final Jeopardy question mm-hmm. was was which film what took about seven days to oh film. the cycle oh, the, yes. sh- the shower scene yeah, yeah. how long did it take to film the shower and scene in psycho you knew <laughs> yes it was that was it Alfred seven Hitchcock, days they got that just right yeah, yeah it, it was it took, uh, it took so long boy she must have got so wet <laughs> you know I've read that she like wouldn't take showers the rest of her life that's <laughs> no that's the truth only baths <laughs> yeah she was scared to death yeah she wouldn't take yeah, them anymore I would be too yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, so. I, and I saw that in college, and none of us wanted to take a shower. <laughs> none yeah. of the girls. I've never seen it. Well, I, I can't take it. it. That was very scary. <laughs> well, David, it was great to talk to you, to get to meet Wendy and Delphine. Mike popped in even. Even that was okay. I'm just glad to see that you're a real person. It's <laughs> yeah, a, right. Here I am. Well, meeting you has been a pleasure. As irreverent as on the podcast in real life, right? So... Yeah, so thank you very much, and uh, you'll be listening to this on the way to the desert. Very we will look forward to it. Well, it's always a special kind of privilege to meet listeners in person. You know what I mean? And then yes. to be with a guest in person is always a very – it's just more dynamic in a lot of ways. So very cool. It's just a very cool time that I got to have with David and Wendy and Delphine. And if you stick around, and at the end you'll even hear when his brother Mike – came back to his office did you do that as an outtake i did yes (laughs) oh man that's cool that's cool so so now now i know what it's like for you when i talk to people and you don't get to be in on it because i definitely definitely feel like i'm on the outside looking in right now it was fun you'll enjoy listening see that's at least i know you're gonna listen yeah no oh i will listen yeah and i'll listen with a without a critical ear on my head <laughs> yeah, it might not be as clean as a jeff edit but yeah it'll no, be. you said that you said he talked about having a growing edge yeah and continually growing as you get older and i think that it's definitely something that i don't have to worry about right now because i'm moving out beyond my comfort zone in ministry hmm. and so my growth is going to happen whether i like it or not but sometimes it's helpful to put yourself in those situations where you have to grow just to keep up with where you're at. Yeah, for sure. One thing that I am realizing, you know, we went to that Missio Alliance conference a couple months before I left Orange City. And I've been thinking back on that because so much of the conversation was about how it's the Holy Spirit who grows the church, right? Like we don't have that. And I'm here, and I feel like I'm punching out of my league a little bit. And the thing that is making me, I guess, not freak out is leaning into God, right? And so my growing edge right now is is trying to learn how to like let God do some of this work and not out of my own strength kind of a thing. So, yeah, you're moving in like three days, Jeff. Yeah, what's today, Tuesday? Yeah, three days. Three days. Three days. <laughs> Yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost packed. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. My wife and I spent hours in the basement today, just packing everything up, and we're getting there. We're getting close. That's awesome. Did you make a good profit off your garage sale? I did. I really did. Hand over fist. Yeah. Then you probably gave it all to your kids because you're a sucker. Uh, oh no, 
No, no. We sold the kitchen stove yesterday. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Cash on the barrel head, baby. Hey, next pastor. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sold it. Sold it right out from under the next guy. That's what funny. are you going to do? <laughs> There's something about that picture is so funny to me. Well, Jeff, good luck. It's a fun thing to pack that truck, but it's also an emotional roller coaster. And I'm sure you're in the midst of it now, but I'm glad you're moving closer to me, that's for sure. And I'm glad that next week we'll be doing an in-person in and out here in my opulent, unluxurious podcast studio. I will see you again soon, and we will see you next week on the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church. My brother Mike, the man. come on in. We're on. After all the bad things you said about oh, me, you still came you? in here. Are, are you We're on? recording right now. He's wondering who I am and why I'm here. Hi, I'm Mike. <laughs> and I'm Johnny. It's nice Johnny, to meet you. a pleasure. Welcome. Nice to meet you. We have another, Hi, Mama. Do we have another chair? Hey, Dave. You, are you guys going to be We'd love to have you on it. We're talking, we did it accidentally. We're talking about contentment Sorry. without complacency. Would you know something about? It? Do you want to join in? I can't. Uh, I was actually coming in here to work, but well, we can, I'll go somewhere else. We, to do we that. can we can record somewhere else. Either way, you tell me. This is your office. You are you? How, how far into it are you? We are seven minutes and forty seconds. Keep going. Okay. All right. I will find an alternate space. We will find you. Nice to okay. meet you. Nice to Look meet forward you. to visiting more later. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that was gracious of him. Yeah. He wasn't even mad. Stop. Do yeah, I press we, stop? We've got such an iffy connection from my. Uh, I know, it's weird. <laughs>